Hey everyone, I'm Kanal Bajwa. And I'm Lance Jordan. We are two nerds who decided to start a podcast in 2020 due to the pandemic. No topic is necessarily off the table, and we'd like you to join us in hearing our thoughts on various topics, ranging from anime to Zeppelins. We have it all. Here, Here we, we go. go. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Guess who's back? <laughs> Your favorite two podcast hosts. Back again, like we never left. It's like Dr. Dre and Slim Shady. That's right. I don't know which one of us is Slim Shady. Um, probably Pro- me, because yeah, you, you'd be Dre. But, you, yeah. You're a little problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, we're done now. The episode's done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're walking off. <laughs> Slim Shady. Oh, boy. Um, I like his music, though. He's fun. He's fun. He can be problematic at times, so that's that's beside him. Okay, we're going to stay on topic. Uh <laughs> Whenever we interview each other, we've tried to make it a point of interviewing the other person. That's just kind of how it's been. So today, we get to talk about Lance and how he has done something called uh, asset protection, which is Mm -hmm. not what I thought it was at first. (laughs) I thought it was just about like, you know, using guns, but apparently that is... Using guns. Using guns. I mean, you know, you're protecting your ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do. Hey, sometimes I do feel like that. Like I need a gun to protect my own ass. <laughs> my ass has been threatened, but we'll get into that later. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm also glad you're okay at the same time. Yeah, I'm glad my ass is okay. Okay, I'm glad it is too. Um, all right, well let's let's get off right in the bat. So to clear up my confusion that I had before I did this and uh, our listeners' confusion, could you define what asset protection is in your own words? Yeah, I mean, after that brilliant intro, I think, uh, you know, that's a good question. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So, when, I mean, a cliche as it sounds, asset protection essentially is in the name. It's a protection of the company's assets. You'll find asset protection jobs, postings, professionals. You'll find them mostly in retail companies such as the ones I've worked at, Macy's, Home Depot, Marshall's, there's plenty others, Walmart. And so essentially, you know, we've been called by many names. So security officers, secret shoppers. Just makes it sound like the League of Shadows. We've been called by many names. (laughs) We have. I mean, I've heard them all, secret shoppers, you know. um, (laughs) They're not wrong. It's like a kind of a, it's all wrapped into one in a way. Okay. You said it's like not wrong to call you a security guard. It's not necessarily wrong, um, depending on what company you work for, um, to kind of go further into it. At least in the state of Missouri, you still have to be licensed as a security guard, essentially. Okay. You know, you still got to go through the process, go through St. Louis County and city to get a license to say you can practice security in our state. Where it kind of differentiates from a security guard, as you know, most security guards have a uniform. Yes. You know, that's how you identify them. That's what makes them stand out. For us, um, there's exemptions to where we get to wear plain clothes for the companies I've worked at. There have been no such thing as a uniform. It's just like come dressed as a shopper. Oh, so that's what they mean by secret shopper. Yeah. And so that's where we get those names because people, I mean, secret shoppers are 
something totally different. Those are guys who legit shop for the company to prove the associates are bad at their jobs. But we're more so um, we're blending in, pretending like we're shoppers to catch the bad guys, essentially, in the retail world, which is. I mean, there's a lot of bad guys in the retail <laughs> world. <laughs> like when I first got into it, I would have never imagined it was as big as it is. I mean, yeah, I worked at GameStop, both at the Galleria and at Maplewood. And uh, yeah. we definitely needed some secret shoppers uh, there because <laughs> there was times where there's times it got weird. Uh, yeah. But that's for a different day. Before we go a little further, like I've heard people like who are security officers that go like through Garda world. Mm-hmm. And I was like that are they do they kind of blend in with your circles or not so much? Um, sometimes. So um, I actually did when I was at Marshall's to kind of jump into that time period. I was there between 2017 and 18. OK. And um, during the holiday, we did hire, um, you know, an outside security company to put a visual guard at our door. That's kind of how our worlds intersected there. But you know, with Macy's being a mall retailer, yeah. sometimes we would overlap with mall security and, you know, kind of piggyback off them. They give us some information. We give them some information. But um, it's very limited in how much you actually work with them because gotcha. there's liability there. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. As you can imagine, you know, these big corporations want to, you know, make sure they're not liable to be ensued. So I could say... Kanal just walked out with this shirt. He's a thief. But, That's you right. know, I didn't do anything to stop you in our store. And then you go to some other store in the mall and mall security's following you. They're saying, well, Macy said you were, you know, a thief. And so things like that kind of get tricky. So we we partner with them sometimes, but it's very limited okay. on what we actually do. Okay, cool. So uh, we talked a little bit about this, but uh, when I was researching for this, it says that you have to provide strong customer service. And what I'm gleaning for what you're saying is that it's more of trying to be as professional as you can to deter mm-hmm. people. Yeah. When they say provide strong customer service, I do think of, and I think you had this point on here, you think of the cashiers and the sales associates. Right. Which is why I was very confused. Yeah. So they actually, this is my experience and hopefully others who listen to this can like chime in who have worked in the world, but um, they are the ones that provide the strong customer service. Now with Macy's, we actually have something called visual security guards mm-hmm. Well, visual security officers who work for Macy's, but wore jackets or polos that said security. And sometimes even if you go into a certain target, you'll see the guys with the, I think they're polos, the blue polos with target security on them. Yeah. Those guys can provide um, that strong customer service because you know their security and sometimes they're at the front. Like they're the first person you see who can like direct people to where things are or, you know, a lot of times. And I'm sure you've seen videos online. There's like groups of people with an arm full of stuff or a cart (laughs) with a new flat screen TV pushing into the front. And then you would want those guys to be like, hey, you know, you're looking for a register. You're looking, you need someone to hold that for you. Let me take it over here and, you know, things like that. But to your point, I think what you were alluding to is uh, what we call in the world either deterring theft or 
burning someone. Yeah, because it's like you don't want to be accusatory, but you also want to protect the merchandise of what you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes you can do that many a different ways that won't create too much liability. Sometimes it's uh, speaking into your radio or, you know, letting them know that you work there. That way they'll sometimes stop. You know, just creating a presence in the area. Sometimes you can stop theft by just showing up, just being a body yeah. in a certain spot where people are like, I'm trying to do something, but the guy won't leave. And sometimes they'll get the hint right. and leave. Okay, cool, cool. So I think this begs the question of everything. How'd you get into this? <laughs> uh, I actually put this point down because I really wanted to reinforce this. That is <laughs> actually a funny story that revolves around rejection. And a woman, like, you know, Been there. <laughs> everything does. <laughs> um, so at the time, I was working actually as a bar porter at um, the casino. For those who don't know what that is. Or I was if, just about to ask. <laughs> or if okay. that position doesn't exist in uh, other parts of the state, that is um, essentially the guy who goes around to the beverage self-serve stations and just make sure they're tidy clean make sure you know the soda is stocked make sure the cups and you know coffee is filled things like that so it was like a step down from a bar back or a bartender so it was like okay a stepping stone if you will cool and so also in a, like i guess they would need that at the casino because there's so many people that are there oh yeah 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 okay. and they always want their coffee and soda freak soda oh, is they gonna get pissed <laughs> oh yeah I've, I've seen that too but that's a story for another day <laughs> but um so i was doing that nothing glamorous about the job i was content really with the job i was still in college at the time but i kind of wanted more wanted more excitement Sure. So I actually applied to be a security officer at the casino. And I remember going into this uh, panel style interview, like three other people, the manager and then like the shift supervisors. And they were like interviewing me. They thought I was a good candidate, but they couldn't figure out where to put me because of my school hours. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was hard to work with you know, like. Well, if we put you on overnights, will you be tired, you know, going to school? And would that affect, you know, your job? And we can't put you on the mornings because you're going to school during the morning. Right. So that shut that down. You know, I knew they made more than what I was making as a um, bar porter. So I would, that's why another reason why I was trying to get it. And so that got shut down and... Um, at the time, as a bar porter, there's a lot of downtime, so I got to chat up some of the cocktail waitresses, if you yeah. will. <laughs> the hot girls of the casino, you know? So there was one I was particularly fond of, and uh, we were just talking about life. We were around the same age. She always came with issues she had about life, and I would talk to her about some issues. And so I brought up the fact that I got turned down from this security job at the casino we worked at. Right. And she was like, well, a guy she was talking to, and I felt rejected there. Oh, no. (laughs) 
so a guy she was talking to was actually in the world of asset protection, if you will. Okay. And he was actually doing it at Macy's of all places. <laughs> so she was telling me about, you know, how much money he was making, how cool the job is, and you know, like, oh, you should look into this. And I was like, okay, I will. And so you got it. <laughs> exactly. You got it. So yeah, so I looked into it and uh like many people, I didn't know about the world of asset protection. I didn't know it was big and as crazy as, you know, I would come to learn that it is. So I, you know, just went in there, applied. I was actually under the assumption that I would be one of the visual security guards when I applied, but I had this phone interview. She was like, oh no, that's that's not what you're going to be doing. We're, we want you for this asset protection detective role. I'm like, detective? Ooh. I'm like, fancy. The plot, <laughs> the plot thickens. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was excited. It was actually for the Galleria, the St. Louis Galleria position. But then going into the interview, um, she scheduled the interview with the district manager and then he gave me a call. He was like, can you meet me over in Mid Rivers, Mid Rivers Mall? And I remember that day because I was like debating if I was even going to go because I was like. Well, I signed up for the Galleria. It's closer. <laughs> like, uh, they're going to make me work at Mid-Rivers. That's far. Yeah. I don't know if I want to drive out there. It's a long drive. Yeah. Good old St. Chuck. <laughs> yeah, that area. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went I went ahead and went. I interviewed, and I guess I killed it because I got offered the position on the spot, you know, at a whole whopping 1050, Oof. which back in... 2015 i thought i was really really doing something back in those days yeah man listen that was a little more money it was a it was a little money but (laughs) um i will say this and i was having a conversation with a former colleague of mine christy shout out to christy we did a lot of work in the ap world for little money (laughs) yeah so i have have heard that that's pretty common unless you were I guess working in those Garda world positions mm-hmm. or like private security firms. And then that's one thing too. You get to the security class where, you know, you're just in there with Garda world. You're in there with like a whole bunch of different security officers. And I think you get to this question later. So I won't speak on it, but like okay. the teacher of the class is like a former cop or whatever. And he's like to all the loss prevention, asset protection guys for what you guys do. And to make so little money, it's not worth it. You know, you got a question on here later and we'll get to it. I'll bring it back up. You save it for a special time. So uh, what's the kind of the mindset you have to have for this job? And before you answer, I want to kind of set the stage a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when I ask that, like, I see you, I see you're like 5'11". On a good day. On a good day. You know, when it's warm. I'm 5'6 on a good day. (laughs) Like, I'm probably like 5'4 in reality, though. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, like when you when they hire people, they want to have someone who's deterrent. Like we've been saying consistently in this episode, when mm-hmm. I see you're a tall guy right. who is a big person. So immediately, when uh, you know you have a vagabond, a ruffian, a rogue, an urchin, if you will, you're you're trying to like stir up trouble in the galleria. And I say this with my hands menacingly. Yeah. And they see someone who's an imposing figure. They kind of like just like back down immediately. So you have that already naturally, which is right. amazing, which is why people have actually told me, like, why don't you do security? I'm like, I would not be good. I'm too nice. Well, <laughs> and I'm too small for this job. 
I mean, don't sell yourself short there. I already am. Pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, you know, the good thing about, I guess, you know, even while I'm being interviewed, I've done this for six years. I've seen people come who are my size or bigger who do really well. I've seen them do really bad at the same time. Okay. I've seen guys your size. I've seen, you know, women of shorter stature. Okay. Who do really great, who work their way up to certain positions. But at the same time, I've seen, you know, them do not so well. Right. Them being a certain size. So it's not necessarily of qualification for the job. Yeah. Um. You, you would hope, right? I've been under certain leadership where they feel like that the biggest thing is someone who's imposing, who will care of the bad guys, right? But that doesn't necessarily make you good for all the other things that you have to do in this job okay but then sometimes like you said you had a good word for it the mindset yeah so what's your mindset for the job my mindset is different from probably what the company will teach you like any company really but sometimes you got to be you got to be willing to not be afraid you have to know when to let it go but not to be afraid at the same time and how to be stern how to be like you said an imposing figure but sometimes you don't even have to use your body size sometimes i think it's about your personality what you give off because you know you can command someone to do something just by the tone of your voice and how you present yourself interesting i've seen that work for people even smaller than yourself and you know (laughs) You know, it works for them. They've had successful AP careers. I've seen the guys like my size who maybe lack the education part of it or the the will to learn the other things that go into the job that people don't think about when they think of asset protection because the point we made earlier was that we're not necessarily security. There's elements of security in it, but when you learn what asset protection is, you also have to be an investigator as well because it's not just the shoplifters coming in and stealing from the company, right? There's also internals that are happening. There's yeah, yeah. associates who get hired just for like the summer, just so they can, you know, like they don't care. So they're just going to take a few things here or there, take some cash. Right. We've even had management people get into these positions and they think they can shortcut certain systems, certain procedures, you know, we have vendors. We have a lot of things where you have to be able to work the cameras. You have to be able to work the programs that we have to kind of find all these things. Sure. And stop it from happening. You know, there's a, they made this game, The Godfather, the movie. They made one mm-hmm. or two of them. The reason I'm bringing it up is because there's a part in the game where you play like the first Godfather. You basically are the person who like puts the gun behind the toilet you're the one who goes and kills the five heads of the families like you're the basically the plot device for all the events of the game the reason i'm bringing this up is that there's an interesting statement that they had uh michael Corleone say to you as the character mm. he's like you can go about dominating new york so like through intimidation payoffs mm. killing etc etc he says this really interesting line one man with a briefcase can steal more than 500 men with guns which I thought was really interesting. As I was going over this and hearing you talk today, I've been thinking about that line over and over and over. Mm. 
you can get more done with your words than you actually think you can is, is where it comes back to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is just being a almost like a fast talker in a way. Yeah. I'm not, but I think that's why it's kind of like a weird thing where, you know, in a video game, you have different characters that have different strengths, right? Totally. Like someone's stronger, someone's faster, you know, in a fighting game. It's the same way in the AP world. I feel like there's guys like me who are the big, strong guys who we don't have to use words so much. We can just kind of intimidate you to get you to do what we want you to do. But then you have, you know, good talkers who can talk you into doing anything. And you're like, how the, you know, how the (laughs) fuck did I even get here? (laughs) I bought so much today. (laughs) Right. Like, how the fuck? But um, I think that's a beautiful thing about it. I don't think it's a one size fit all job. I think uh, that's interesting. There's different people who can do it and do it well. I've seen that. I've seen certain stereotypes where the job necessarily doesn't fit. And I think we'll get into that later as well but Mm -hmm. for example um and this is not a diss really but former police or law enforcement or people in that security field with the uniform badge Mm -hmm. or even the weapon people are used to having that authority because they have this certain equipment but you take that away from them you you kind of notice that they're not as charismatic to you know talk someone back on their own or they don't even have the size, so they don't have that component as well. Right, right. And so you're without those things, and then you're just stumbling around trying to find your way. I was just about to ask you, what's in your utility belt? So we're not funded like Batman. So well, I don't think <laughs> so, anyone's funded like Batman. So it's very, and that goes back to um, the point I was saying earlier right. when I was in security class, and um, the instructor was like, for what you guys do, you guys aren't paid enough because we're essentially stopping guys as big as me who are on the sole mission of getting out of your store with your merchandise and you're armed with your words. And, you know, before COVID, then I, you know, how much I just say about that or not. Sometimes you're armed with your, you know, mm-hmm. your own hands to actually subdue someone. Right. But there's a limit to everything, right? Right. And everybody has cameras now. So, you know, be, you know. Cognizant of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Be cautious of, you know, the media presence, you know, how far you're willing to go. Don't end up like some of these police officers who get in trouble for how they handle, you know, suspects. And you're not saying, like, you know, know where the know where the dead zones are so you can beat the crap out of them. <laughs> like you're, you're saying uh, like you know like no no comment on that <laughs> <laughs> um there there definitely been some people that push me i mean pushed anybody yeah to that point but no not that necessarily but certain companies will let you and it's changed a lot certain companies will let you have the free reign of using handcuffs for example mm-hmm. to you know get someone to comply sure if you're trying to bring someone back for shoplifting but what i say be cognizant of the media is like everyone's watching you're in a big retailer you're in a store um even if you're not in a big store like i worked at home depot you know there's a bunch of different exits but there's always someone there right right and so any interaction someone sees they're going to be interested who is that that made that quote about you know you see a basketball game here you see a baseball game here on the street um and then you see a fight 
people are going to be drawn to the fight. Oh, yeah. So always you can't talk someone back. You won't talk everyone back. That's just the way it goes. And that's another thing, too. These guys are professionals. They do it for a living. Right. You wouldn't think it. You would think like shoplifting is just for something that kids do or something you do when you're young or i mean i worked retail too everybody does it yeah everyone does it yeah and then you imagine everybody doesn't come back really weird too <laughs> yeah it's like you really want to steal that i'm like okay fine i've learned that people will steal anything as long as it's not mounted to the ground yeah if you don't got it mounted to the ground then don't be shocked if it <laughs> walks out one day but um, yeah, so, you know, just be careful of people filming. Because they also could be filming at the wrong time. They have the perfect neck for that. Right. <laughs> filming at the wrong time or like in between the encounters, so, like perpetrator could be doing something or suspect could be doing something. And mm-hmm. then a security officer responds. And that's typically when the cameras come out. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not it's right or wrong is... Not what I'm saying, but it's also like the timing of the camera that turns on is also a factor as well. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know any guys who have taken the job a little too seriously? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> going back to <laughs> going back to that example with the cops, right? Um, well, the cop, former cops who kind of get into this position. Yeah. I've seen that go really bad. <laughs> no doubt. For some of them. And like I said, it's kind of because of that mentality of power sometimes people get on this ego trip or power trip if you will once you give them a badge of any sort you know and you have a badge yeah you know you're supposed to you know you're supposed to stop them and show your badge you get laughed at but you know (laughs) it's a badge (laughs) but yeah i've met guys who take their job really seriously to the point where it's almost borderline discrimination sometimes but those guys never last long oh they don't no they never do. i mean you on the whole at least yeah they'll they'll get themselves fired okay just because you know i've met guys who broke policy you know sometimes we have like well i used to always hear stories about the wild wild west of the asset protection era back in the day before they made all the rules when was that and when did they start making the rules <laughs> I don't know when they started making the rule because when I came in 2015, I was with like a lot of older managers who would be like, you know, back in my day, we would have chased that guy all the way to the parking garage across the street and we would have like 1980s. Yeah. Tackled him. And well, I don't know if they didn't like early 90s. I think I think or even early 2000s. It okay. was like, if you're comfortable with doing it, go do it. I think back in the day. Sure. Nowadays, it's completely changed. I'm kind of glad it has. Though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, because even I think about some of the guys I've stopped, I'm like, even if I could physically <laughs> like run after you to this parking garage, like I'm just not cool with that idea. But yeah, yeah. I've heard stories of like people chasing people to a parking garage, you know, they get them cornered and then the guy jumping off the ledge of the parking garage to try to make an escape. What? Yeah. I've heard people chasing people through parking lot hopping in mall security car and then like chasing them down heard about guys jumping on the roof of people cars you know trying to get them to get out wow so i mean fear kicks in i guess you do crazy stuff yeah so it was a wild wild west but <laughs> back in the day but you know rules um but to answer your question yeah i mean i've seen people take it 
really seriously like they are the law essentially when ease up a little bit yeah you have no federal claim right yeah but like i said it's mostly people former law enforcement um former like security officers who are used to the uniform they need like former spec ops um, that have told you at least i haven't met any former spec ops i've had people who used to be in military okay so they have the military experience i've met people who actually practice mma okay who've done it there's one guy really great guy he doesn't do it anymore but i think he found it back when we were um hands-on as a kind of like a stress release and being that he was in that mma world he was actually probably the one guy that you actually wanted to tie you up in some type of hole because he knew what he was doing (laughs) exactly yeah that's the thing too like i after all like the george floyd incidents i i've been learning so i've been doing some bjj on the side and i don't want to take over this uh interview but like yeah i asked my instructor i was like okay i need to know the difference between like blood chokes and airway chokes like mm-hmm. we need to go over this and he's like that's a damn good point like let's do that i'm like yes it is a damn good point we should have covered this a long time ago <laughs> right but you know whatever that's a good point because you're like practicing the martial arts i wonder if you know anybody ever thought that's a good thing to know in these like law enforcement security roles so a lot of them have spilled over to come and do it's it's still kind of a gray zone Mm -hmm. honestly i'll say that we have had some interaction with police officers and stuff like that to train them and whatnot Mm -hmm. um i mean in the presentations i've given earlier like definitely there's been a lot of spillover with the inasano and martial arts world with that there's pictures with some fbi guys and stuff Mm -hmm. like that secret service like I've heard of I've heard stories like that. I've heard people talk about that. Right. But yeah, it's it's this weird gray zone of like of training like that happening, but also it not being taught well. And typically mm-hmm. it's not taught well. Like that's another thing police officers need to be not only like uh selected differently, but also trained differently. Mm. How you're trained definitely and how you're selected for that process. It's a it's a multi layered approach that needs to be rectified. Right. They spend so much time using ballistic training. Mm. as opposed like it's like less than a year like the cosmetology schools do more training than police officers in terms of that which is terrifying Mm. like i have a great haircut but like (laughs) i I, I might not go home alive tonight like that's the thing so how you're selected for it how you're trained for it and everything goes into effect i do know of a police officer and he i was like yeah so like what kind of holds do you guys do like what i just i just asked him and he like He's like, oh yeah, there's do there's one of them that we do, and he he just took his finger and he shoved it like there's a little hole, there's like a little like bend in your collarbone mm-hmm. that has like a U shape, and he just stuck his finger there, and I was like, oh okay, thank you. I didn't ask you to do it on me. Right. Um, it was kind of a dick move, but uh, <laughs> it's better to show than to tell. I was like, you could have just told me and not done yeah. that. And he's like, yeah, we don't do any katas, we don't do any of this stuff, but we you know we got some colds, and it happens, but it's. It's very regional. I think mm-hmm. that's the best way I can explain it. It's, right. it's not done federally, um, mm-hmm. and it's something that needs to be addressed because the Derek Chauvin case, he should not have been laying on him for that long. That's yeah. like, you know, if you're absolutely going to put someone in a hole, you don't stomp on their neck with your mm-hmm. knee. Like that's not going to subdue them. That's going to kill them, which yeah. is what happened. Yeah. Anyhow, we're talking about you today. So speaking of that, uh, what kind of like physicality or techniques are you allowed to use on suspects? And you've kind of talked about this. Yeah. So like, have you run after them? Have you 
Yeah. Have you? Uh, uh, I've always. I mean, used clone jutsu and thrown like six of you <laughs> at, at him. I wish there was like a a class that taught you all the necessary clone jutsus and be great. BJJ holds, but they don't exist. See, that's my problem with it. I'm like, this is not good. This is something yeah. that should be taught. This. As far as running, I mean, we've definitely ran to make an apprehension. There definitely such thing as how far you can go, cutoffs and things like that. But I've definitely chased people back in my heyday. Like two years ago? Uh, you know, enough not to get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that, I don't even care anymore. No, you say heyday, and I'm like, this was like five years ago. Right, you know. <laughs> it wasn't that back, long ago. Back in the day. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not even really in the world anymore, so I can speak freely about it. Um, Please do. We, we would tackle... We would take people down to the ground to the best of our ability, sure. you know, however much WWF or all would teach us. Yeah. <laughs> teach uh, me. Teach. Right. <laughs> um, so the company, one of the companies I work for, um, we were hands on mm-hmm. and we were allowed to use handcuffs like I spoke about before. Yeah. You know, they do tell you when using applying handcuffs, you really want compliance, right? Yeah. To handcuff people. We never had fucking compliance oh, <laughs> and cuffing people. So as you imagine, that was a nightmare. And it goes back to even reflecting back on it. There was a lot of people to where, you know, we were in these wrestling matches, drag out brawls, and we're just trying to, like, get them to comply and handcuff them. Yeah. Yeah, I can think back to a, a lot of incidents like that where I wish, like, man, I'm not trained for this or, you know, not even fit enough for this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I could re- think of one incident where it was like, man, this was like a 15 minute wrestling match. You go back and look at the table like, oh, it was only two minutes. <laughs> oh my God, that's a thing. You get tunnel vision like time, yeah. like when uh, we've done high, well, we've done safe sparring, but like the intensity turned up and Man, like I definitely have gotten tunnel vision. I've definitely felt like that was five hours long. Mm. And then we like talked to somebody. I'm like, we still have an hour of class left. I'm like, fuck, really? <laughs> <laughs> what was We're that? Still here? Yeah. Um, so I know I, what you mean. Yeah. yeah, I can think of one story um, to kind of you know let people know how physical we got. Yeah. Um, it was me, another detective. We went to go apprehend this guy. He had stolen some merchandise. I don't even recall what it was, but he was walking out with bag full. And we go to stop the guy at our garage exit, mm-hmm. which is really, I mean, I guess the camera angles are very like limited in that garage, I will say. What you're saying is a lot of people play like Pokemon cards when no one's looking. Yeah, no. <laughs> Illegal Pokemon tournaments are going down there. <laughs> There's nothing no one can do about it. <laughs> Um, you so, gotta catch them all, man. Exactly, we do. Yeah, that was the that was the quota. Gotta catch them all. So we, you know, we stopped the guy. Identified ourselves as security, as you imagine. He wasn't too happy with that. He didn't comply, and so we get into this wrestling match with this guy. Like me and this other guy, we're trying to bring him to the ground, trying to you know get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. We radio for help for one of our visual security officers at the time to you know come help us, come assist. And he ran up and, um, you know, he's helping us. He ends up kind of getting in on it. And we're 
about to get this guy to you know get him handcuffed and get this situation sorted and then like his friend from the garage ran in i was like what's going on okay and so the friend runs in and like runs for the bags that were dropped and like tries to pick those up and so um the visual security officer and my partner like got up and like went after this guy to stop him (laughs) from trying to steal and so i'm still wrestling with the guy on the ground and um somehow he just got on top of me and before i knew it i was like on my knees trying to get up and he had like kneed me in that like the temple oh. my head and Damn. um yeah so i took that shot and then the other two stopped the friend from stealing the friend ran out and so they went back on the other guy but yeah we ended up getting them handcuffed and getting them to come back but that's how physical Jeez. it used to get back in the day, okay. to say the least. Um, looking back on it, reflecting, the stuff was all on the ground. So we probably should have let them run away. But I think sometimes when you're in those moments, you're like, screw that. Like, we just had this, I want to say long-ass brawl, but this is another t- example of tunnel vision. Because yeah. you're like, we were in that garage for 15 minutes. We were telling our, you know, our boss what happened. Like... You know, like I got kicked in the head and, you yeah. know, we're all exhausted. You know, the cops come and like, what happened? I mean, like we got reports from the people watching that, you know, people were fighting in the garage and yeah. we're like, yeah, it was long 15 minute, bro. We, <laughs> we were viewing videos that, you know, get it all together. Like we were only in that garage for three minutes. <laughs> we weren't even in there that long. Oh, it felt man. like we ran a marathon, but that's an example of how physical it can get or has gotten your head okay yeah you know cool couple grooves knocked loose but <laughs> not a concussion i hope right oh no i don't think it was that serious okay good yeah good still here i mean <laughs> you've been here for the past year so this yeah is exactly <laughs> so definitely your life is in potential danger when you take this kind of a job absolutely there have been examples has that been one or was that kind of just like oh this is a big deal but i'm not my life doesn't feel in danger but like have you had moments where you felt like oh shit this is a big deal yeah this is real um i'll get to the ass story later um we're all excited (laughs) um it's actually a funny story but um the first time i will say we had apprehended this guy back full of clothes we had apprehended him at a door that was close to our office so me and the other detective like grabbed hold of him and was like bringing him back into the office without handcuffing him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's screaming and screaming and saying all these types of things. And like we're trying to get him to calm down, comply. And um, before we can really do a proper pat down search of him for weapons, which is what we we're always supposed to do when you get him back to the office, he pulls out a knife. Oh, shit. And like kind of holding it at us, brandishing it in front of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, my partner, who was at the time kind of, he always got hot on incidents like that. So he was like still trying to go for the guy. Okay. And so I'm like holding, trying to get him back now. So now I'm like, oh no. <laughs> tell my partner like, chill, chill, back off, back off. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, oh, and no. to let him go. I'm like, let him go, let him go. And um. Even the other officer who was coming in, the other asset protection detective was coming in. I was like, get out of here. Get out of here. Back off. 
And so that was one incident where we were like in pro- close proximity mm-hmm. of a guy with a knife um, and we just let him go. Another example. Did you take the knife from him? No. I mean, he had the knife. And like I said before, we're not trained. We oh, shit. We can't. I didn't know. That's like, fair. I've seen the movies on how to remove no, the knife. No, knife fights get terrifying. Yeah. You could die before you know it. Exactly. There's a there's a quote that we hear uh, in, in knife training of any kind. And it's like, winners drip, losers gush. So no one comes out clean. Mm. Yeah. So we let them go. Um, it, I would just like you know, getting my partner to back off to let him out the office. Because mm-hmm. that's all he wanted at the end of the day was to get out of the situation. Um, I didn't think he wanted to hurt us, but you, in those situations, why even risk it? Because it's always your safety first. Um, another incident I had was while I was working Marshalls, which was funny because the boy who did it, he actually got out of juvie that morning oh no and he had him and his girlfriend had went to the kmart back when we had kmarts right whoa uh, <laughs> forgot about those <laughs> right um they had went to the kmart earlier that day and they had actually stole from kmart and they had actually sucker punched the security officer there and got away all in the same day yeah this is all insane what a crazy friday right? what a day um so he did that and so well this is what i found out after my incident with him so he came to marshall's um him and his girlfriend they got a cart and they were just loading up merchandise there are things we look for when we're doing this type of work you look for they tell you like eye movement shopping habits clothing um behaviors and so their behavior was like they just didn't give a fuck at all for like associates were coming up back and they need help they were like leave me alone i'm shopping and they're just picking up stuff not even looking at size color you know right how normal shoppers behave so you know they were just selecting things like throwing it in the cart just men's women's kids purses they were just going to town and so, you know, I was watching them, and, but it gets to a point in the Marshall environment anyway, I was the only security in the store. So oh God. it got to a certain point where I was like, all right, even if I stop these guys, they're not going to comply at this point because you, you just get a feeling. And when you're going that big, it's kind of hard to get anybody to come back by talking to them. So I was like, let me go to the floor. Um, went to the floor, made my presence known to them. Like they knew I was security, walked around them a couple of times, you know, hung out in the areas they were at, but you know, they just kept going. You could tell there was a little nervousness from the girlfriend, but the boy was like, you know, they're still going to go and still going to do this. And so when it got to the point where it looked like they were done and they were just trying to figure out their escape, I went to the front of the store near the door. Well, there's only one way for them to get out. So at the Show very point, okay. yeah. So I was like, at the very least, I'm gonna you know get the cart from them before they you know get out the store, or at least to the point where I could tip it over and then some of the stuff falls and they won't get it, get away with anything. I let my store manager know, to, you know, be ready to call the police when this goes down because I know they're not gonna come back. Yeah. And so as they're approaching the front. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, 
an AP, you kind of always want to talk to them first before you make any movements, really. And so before the the girl was pushing the cart and before she even got the cart close to the front, the dude was coming up and he was like going to look like he was going to walk out and he didn't have anything. So, you know, I didn't want to stop him. Sure. And so he, as he got to the front, he pulled out mace from his waistband, oh, like no. mace me, like dead in the eyes. That was the first time I ever got mace. Um, there were other times, but that was the Plural? one. Yeah. Oh, God. But that was the first time, and that was the most direct time oh. I've ever been maced. Yeah, it was a Man. really bad situation. I like how I want everyone to know he's saying this with a smile too, which always oh, yeah. gets me about Lance too. He's like, "Yeah, you know, we were we were like, my life was threatened and everything." Well, yeah, what a day it was. I mean, looking back on it, there's like, you know how people say, "Just let me clock out first, and we can, you know, go a couple rounds." And I really wanted to go a couple rounds with that kid. I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. And at first, I was pissed because I was under the assumption that he got away with everything too. So, like, they pushed the cart out. They were in the parking lot. The cops ended up catching them and ended up catching them actually trying to push the cart onto a bus. (laughs) What? (laughs) So, they actually stopped them on the bus and they caught them. Yeah. And that's where I learned that, you know, he had just turned 17 in Missouri, 17-year adult. He had just turned 17 that Uh, day. Okay. And they released him from juvie. He aged out. Yeah, and so they were like, yeah, and then he even went to Kmart and punched uh, other security, and then that was the thing, too. I was like, I would have took the fucking punch. Like, <laughs> you, you at that point, you're giving me a chance like, to at fight. Least, at least you're done with the punch. Yeah, exactly. You punched me, or I see a punch coming. I, You know, you could duck, dodge, block it, throw your own punch. I'm yeah. like, give me a fighting chance. When you use mace, <laughs> it's all over. So I was... Heated on so many, oh, on so many levels with that kid, but yeah, that was one. There's so many times that my life was, I guess, technically in danger. Gotcha. Um, one of the times, and I, you know, I've been talking about the ass story. Yeah, like what's the ass? Story? <laughs> we all want to know. So there was this shoplifter, old man, about shit, late fifties, early sixties. I had actually caught him at Marshall stealing. Well, didn't catch him. I tried to stop him at the door. He wouldn't comply. And he actually got out into the parking lot, but I had the police waiting for him. Mm. And so he actually walks with a limp. Oh, So this is old man, like hobbling around, trying to get away from the cop and me. But we actually get him and get him arrested that day. So that was in Marshall. So that was uh, 2017. Okay. Yeah. Between then and there, um, it's 2019 now. I hadn't seen him. I'm back at Macy's and I see this old guy. That's kind of wild. Like, oh, shit. It's him. <laughs> and like, <How> you <laughs> like, I, you know, I didn't think much of it. And, you know, the first time I saw him at Macy's, it was like, oh, shit, it's him. And then like, he noticed me. He noticed security in present. He really didn't remember me, mm. but he knows security and he was upset and he had left out. But on that particular incident, actually his colleague had dropped his phone and he was calling the phone and I had got his name off the phone. Oh, okay. And I, his name was um, such and such. <laughs> 
Well, I guess he won't listen to it. I call it, he it was called Rick, which could be a nickname for anything. Richard, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. So, um, so I was like, oh, so your name is Rick because I didn't remember his name from uh, Marshall. So I'm not good with names. <laughs> it's okay. Good with faces, but not names. I am the same way. Yeah. But uh, so I'm like, oh, Rick, huh? My thought was, um, the next time he came, if he tried to do something, I would antagonize him with it. And so, right, right. He would come in. He wanted to steal, but he noticed security the next day or something. He just didn't feel comfortable doing it. I'm like, all right, I'll see you around, Rick. And <laughs> he looked back to me and was like, how do you know me? <laughs> I was like, oh, I just, I just know you from around. He was like, nah, man, how you know me? Oh, no. I'm like, I don't know you. I just know you from around. I'm like, Man, you motherfuckers better stop playing with me. Oh no. Like, oh no. I don't play that shit. I got a gun and everything. Oh. Like, I'll shoot you in your ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember not taking them seriously <laughs> and just with a grin on my face, like, that's such a specific place to shoot someone. <laughs> like, it, it really to make is. a stretch. Like it really is. Most people will like Oh, I'm gonna shoot you, I'm gonna shoot you. Like I've had that, but for him to be like I'm gonna shoot you in your ass. <laughs> I was like, wow. It's like I'm gonna get you right above the clavicle. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a specific place. Uh so the I mean, I've gotten no stress all the time. There was only like there was a couple times actually, but there was like one legit time we did see someone like bust out a gun wow. outside. Like he went to a truck, grabbed a gun and like waved it. And Jeez. One of my partners had to like get our boss to like come back in the store because the boss was still like, nah, nah, we gonna do something. Like, nah, man, they got a gun. <laughs> we inside. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, with uh, loss prevention that comes with the territory, unfortunately, yeah. I know loss prevention who's been stabbed. Mm. I've heard stories of people getting shot at, getting shot. There was an incident years ago with Home Depot where the AP staff member got shot mm-hmm. so um wow it's a dangerous field yeah in all honesty yeah man. you never know where someone's mindset is or you know what they're going through or who they are that's true you know like how much of it is their environment how much of it is them just being a dick you know yeah like, like you know you never it's, it's hard to say in that moment that you know them you know mm-hmm. so whatever happened to the ass man um, he would come back. Keep on threatening to shoot you in the ass. He never really threatened my ass again, so my ass thanks him. But <laughs> you know, you you get to a point; these guys just keep coming. <laughs> they keep coming back. He's one of those reoccurring characters that would always show up. Um, he stopped showing up recently. I wonder what happened to him. He was old as fuck. <laughs> but <laughs> tired of shooting people in the ass. I mean, I I always made the joke. We were making the joke. And we were only making it because he threatened my ass. <laughs> uh, but he was—he would walk with that limp, and you would see him hobbling. Like that's how you knew it was him. It was like someone must have shot him in the ass. And so now, for revenge, he goes around shooting, shooting people, people in the, in the ass. ass. Yeah, <laughs> Just shooting them in the ass. But uh, yeah, what's it like being, especially in the light of? political climate and social oh, climate. Man. What's it like? Oh, God. What's it like being an African-American asset protection agent? You know, actually, and this is just me, and it might be wild, 
but it's actually way easier being black doing this job. I kind of believe that. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And I've said this to white coworkers, not so much in the past, but with the everything, everything since after Mike Brown. Okay. Like, I feel like when Mike Brown happened Mm -hmm. and then everything after it's like, this job has to be really difficult for you to do as a white Caucasian female, male. Yeah. Because in this job, right? Mm-hmm. You can identify someone as a, you know, shoplifter and you go to stop them. Well, you don't even have to go to stop them. Say you're just trying to stop them from stealing in the store. You sure. go to do those things like deter and burn and provide customer service. And the first thing, if the assailant, if african-american mm-hmm. the first thing that they will say is you're watching me because i'm black right you're being racist and so i've seen that get people in trouble or hinder their ability to do this job if they are white in fact i've seen an ap staff get you know accused of profiling for only watching african-americans that day so I've seen that and I've seen them be fired for it. Rightfully so. I think on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. if I did that. You get away with it. Yeah, I, I get away with it. Yeah, and it definitely can be used as a shield. That's 100% yeah. true. Yeah. I think um, there's been times where I worked on a team where it's me and then the rest of the team is white. Mm-hmm. And. Only sometimes, like a small percentage of the time, I can be that saving token black guy that kind of gets the perception that they're not being racist per se, but it doesn't work 100% of the time. Right. You know, if you're going after African-American clientele, right or wrong, if they, you know, rightfully stole, but you're a group of white people approaching this guy. It doesn't you look know, great. It doesn't look great. And that's why... You know, you got to be aware of your surroundings. Who's recording? We've had, I was in part of a situation where it was a little girl, little girl, like 15, 16, like maybe only 70 pounds soaking wet. And she had ran from a white female officer. I mean, white male, well, two white males. She had ran from them. And then I was, <laughs> I was actually coming out the office to like open the office door for them so oh. we could do the paperwork. Okay. And I, when I'm coming out the office, I just see her running and them like running after her. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and like, so I blocked the entrance so she couldn't get out. And, you know, they tackle her, get her to the ground. And we're trying to handcuff her. And she's just like squirming and, at the same time, you're trying to, like, be gentle because, like I said, she was a really small girl. And, right. like, you're trying to get a hold of her and, you know, get control. Appropriate response. Yeah. 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 But you had, like, black women, like, you know, getting really upset and, like, filming and things like that. So, situations turn ugly like that. And so, you know, when you ask, how can you do it as a African-American? I think, how can you do it as a white individual? That's I mean, a like, very interesting point. Yeah, you're always under the microscope. Yeah, um, I'm not saying I'm not, but I think we are in different ways. Um, I think we're mm-hmm. when I go into like for a short time, I was doing like a multi-store role where I would go to other stores than my primary one and kind of work there and work, you know, doing the same job. Right. But the associates don't know you, or even if they come to know you, they still are 
unsure about you so they're calling on you like they're calling your partner or they only feel comfortable talking to your white partner or you know they think you're just as suspicious as the person that's stealing Ooh. and then too just like you're being overlooked um sorry, this way any job like for promotions and things like that yeah so that's kind of the world we live in is kind of fucked up and i'm sorry about that i know i mean yeah. it, it is messed up, but then you you get to play this game in the politic world where sometimes you got to meet your quota of black people in p- certain positions, and so yeah, you can be a chess piece like that. I mean, I definitely was when I worked for SLU. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They needed uh they needed Brown Town to yeah. help them out, man. So I, I got it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that was a good question, though, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I always yeah. You know, when I see like this bright eyed, blue eyed <laughs> white man entering the field, <laughs> so excited, I'm like, you're going to have a rough breakup. <laughs> <laughs> it is so weird to say that as an African American. I'm like, they're going to treat you so unfair. <laughs> you ain't going to know what to do. <laughs> this pressure. Uh. Oh, he's like, oh, he's probably a nice guy, too. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, honestly, I look back at some of the uh, white colleagues I meet, and they're never, well, some of them aren't, like, always, like, that police, like, former cop type. Sometimes mm. they're even, you know, really great guys, you know. Sometimes they just haven't been around enough African Americans to know how to talk to them. But then, like, you, as their co-worker kind of tell them things teach them things and then they're like oh okay i get it and you see that transformation but yeah wow sometimes they're good guys but then sometimes they have this perceived notion that you look and dress a certain way that you're gonna do something yeah you know it's human beings do all those kind of things yeah so yeah i mean that's all the questions i had any any other points you want to want to put on i think there was one question here we might have talked about earlier when you asked if any wild stories stand out um (laughs) just going into the job going back to when i first got hired it was kind of like i didn't know i just didn't know that shoplifting was like people's jobs i didn't know how serious it was as a career we've had different crews come in and steal you know people will actually tell certain people to go work at a store just so they can have somebody on the inside and you're just like what the fuck is this seriously like they'll throw in like double agents that's Mm -hmm. jeez and they refer to it as organized retail crime (laughs) so we have like a lot of orc groups that's like the abbreviation for it they come in they hit up every macy's you got some orcs coming in yep we got orcs a whole bunch of them okay they'll you know you'll notice that they'll hit up other retailers and you're just like wow this is there's one lady i swear to god if she ever writes a book (laughs) i will be the first person in line for (laughs) like a signed copy because she was around because when i first heard of her in 2015 she was there she was a presence she was a problem and i would hear from managers that she used to be around from the famous bar days Back oh, before wow. Macy's, with Macy's, it was like famous bar. I always hated the words famous bar when I was like, I was so happy when Macy's bought them out. I was like, thank God. <laughs> that was the dumbest title. Famous bar. I'm like, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, but um, she was a problem for years. She still is. There was a recent incident right before COVID. This is actually the crazy thing about it. 
was like right before COVID, like the day before Macy shut down, we had caught one of her associates and her associate's son who were like a part of her group. She was known booster and known threat. And we had caught her. And I was just thinking like, I started in 2015 trying to catch this lady. And we finally caught her like years later in 2020. And we catch her. It was like a $16,000 case. What? And, you know, we had this big ass drag out brawl to get her and her son to come back because it was like, we're not letting you guys go. That's 16 grand. Yeah. So we had caught her biggest like catch of any of our careers. I think, honestly, I feel like I'm in the twilight years (laughs) of doing this. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm done really after this year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But I feel like. That was the biggest catch ever that I made or was a part of. Just insane. Yeah. Just insane. The number amount of what people can do. Wow. How many years? I mean, you guys are like basically underpaid feds at that point. Yeah. I mean. That's ridiculous. That's the crazy thing. It's the whole world. I'm, And then I should say too, like, I should make this point, like the pay has gotten better. Um, over the years, um, you know, your certain positions in certain companies like Target, even Macy's, where you can make up to, you know, 60 grand a year. Mm-hmm. If you, you rise up to the top, you can make it a career. It's a viable career. But um, mm-hmm. what you got to do to get there is I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I was trying to figure it out, but <laughs> apparently I never learned it. But man, yeah, just it just wasn't what I thought it was going into it. And you brought up the point that I'm like such a big guy and like kind of intimidating. Like I remember our first stop was on a guy who stole like maybe two or three packages of underwear (laughs) and he wouldn't comply. And so like, I'm this, you know, new guy who, you know, got to shadow the other detectives and stuff. And um, the detective and the supervisor go to stop the guy. And the guy's like, Nah, I ain't coming back. And I thought, you know, well, shit, that's just the end of it. We tried. <laughs> we did our best, did the best we could. <laughs> and uh, they were like, nope. And my supervisor, who was a woman, uh, shout out to Laura. She she did not take shit. She just grabbed them and like tossed them to the ground. And like, oh, no. <laughs> him and the like, her and like the other detective were like wrestling with the guy, getting them in handcuffs. And I'm just standing there like frozen, like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> And so she yells at me like, like get here and you know stand up, you know sit on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I ended up sitting on the guy so they can get him handcuffed. And like I'm like timidly like grabbing his hand like, oh shit, oh shit. So to help them like handcuff him. (laughs) That was like very early on. Yeah, this was like the first time I ever seen them stop somebody, and I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? Yeah, kind of in the beginning years, I was like so timid to actually like get in there and do that type of stuff but then it became like second nature almost yeah to kind of kick it into gear but then also too um like you're aware Mm -hmm. naturally i'm a nice guy yeah you're a big dude but like the moment like i wore that one punch man t-shirt i was like what (laughs) (laughs) right like i feel like when people get past like my male bitch face they're like (laughs) you know oh he's like the sweetest guy like he wouldn't i can't see you doing this line of work (laughs) (laughs) and i've even like questioned myself doing it because i'm like i'm not this person i don't like to hurt people 
But yeah, you really, you really are not. I was just like, oh, he's just a quiet dude. And then yeah. I heard he did, did that kind of job. I was like, well, he can definitely rock it. And then I, 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 I hear you talking about Naruto, and I'm like, or One Punch Man, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> new, new side, right? <laughs> new side right here. That's what I say. It takes you know all kinds to do the job. Yeah, this that's been a that's been a learning experience for me today. And I'm not saying that to be funny. <laughs> I really am not. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think that's basically everything. Yeah, man. I think that's it. Asset protection is actually a really big world. Sounds like it. Way bigger than I ever expected. Yeah, it's definitely more interesting, you know, definitely more to it than I think people imagine. Super, you know, helpful job for retailers, you know, to have when they can, you know, afford to have them. Yeah, man. I'm glad that we brought up this topic. I'm glad I got to share it. Yeah, I was I was excited because I was like, I've never met anyone like this before. <laughs> this is news. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for sharing. Initially, I remember we were preparing for this episode and I go, Lance, I'm like, ah, are we going to have enough info to go for an hour? And you just start laughing. <laughs> oh, we, I mean, there's, there's things that I didn't even mention, but yeah. I mean. we'll, we'll mention them. <laughs> they'll, they'll come up. They'll come up. All right. Well, thanks for joining people. Stay tuned. Yep. Hey, fan peeps, thanks for joining, and as always, we appreciate any feedback. You can follow us on our Facebook page, They Need a Hobby, and also at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hopefully one day we'll find a hobby and maybe even be one of the cool kids. Peace. Yeah, when you wake up, your spine is straighter, so it's, it's a thing. <laughs> um, uh, you take every inch you can get. Every <laughs> every inch you can every get. Every inch. You take every inch. I don't know. Every inch you can get. <laughs> every inch. All the inches.